listening to the Run Your Life Podcast with host Andy Vasily. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Run Your Life Podcast series with host Andy Vasily. Uh, over the next several weeks, I will be releasing a new uh, podcast series called In Times of Uncertainty. And my goal for this series is to bring on educational leaders from around the world to have an honest and very open discussion about how the COVID-19 crisis has impacted them, uh, what coping mechanisms or strategies that they have put into place that is helping them to overcome um, this difficult time in their life, both personally and professionally, and just to share any little bits of uh, insight or inspiration that they might have um, with people listening to the podcast. So my first guest is a well-known international educator. Her name is Anne Van Dam. Uh, Anne has worked in schools in the Netherlands, China, Singapore, and Switzerland in a variety of roles as a teacher, a PYP coordinator, an assistant principal, and a school director. As well as an independent consultant, she has traveled the globe to work with many schools and to facilitate workshops and to present at numerous conferences. Uh, I've never met Anne in person, but we've been connected through our work. I've had the opportunity to speak with her uh, several times virtually on Skype. And uh, I'm really happy that she is my first guest on this uh, podcast series in times of uncertainty. Uh, so without further ado, my short episode with the amazing Anne Van Dam. Hi, Anne. So it's great to uh, reconnect with you, and I want to thank you for your time and, and willingness to uh, be on this uh, new podcast series that I'm creating, um, which is going to revolve around times of uncertainty. So, yeah, thanks for taking the time, Anne. No, thank you, Andy. I thought it was such a lovely initiative, so we're happy to be on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, and for people, I, I, I explained a little bit about who you are um, in the audio introduction, but um, can you just provide some context here? Just talk about who you are, where you live, and the work you do. Um, so, yeah, my name is, like in Dutch, you'd say Anna, Anna van Dam. I live in the Netherlands, in The Hague, and I... I'm an international educator, I guess, but at the moment I also um, work in a national school in the, the Hague. I live, I work in an inner city school. It's a candidate school for the PYP. So alongside my work as an educator, working with very young children, I also consult with international schools, uh, mainly around, you know, the big ideas of play, learning spaces, um, Loose parts, perhaps, you know, materials that children connect on, and maybe perhaps more generally um, speaking, ideas around young children's identities as researchers and um, a sense of agency in their learning. Does right. that answer your question, Andy? Yeah, yeah, that, that provides some good context. And um, I guess if we jump into your consulting work, like, um, how much consulting work are you doing outside of Holland uh, or how much consulting work were you doing before the, the uh, crisis hit? Yeah, and I'm still kind of finding my way uh, with that, I, I think, because uh, you know, at some point after four years of full-time consultancy, I realized that I kind of had to scale back that work a little bit because it's so uh, full-on, right? All that traveling, different people, different experiences. It's been really amazing, and yet I had that sense of, 
having to reconnect with the community. Um, and such important work, right? This is the first local Dutch PYP school in the Netherlands. So I maybe I had that pool also for a sense of citizenship, perhaps. Uh, but anyway, so um, Skilled Back, the consultancy work, started working in the school. And I'm still kind of finding my way in how much can I actually do besides the work in the school. Um, but I think generally speaking, maybe sort of twice a month. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm away, maybe on a Friday or on a, uh, on a Saturday, and on some things during holidays. Okay. But everything has been cancelled, of course, uh, with the current crisis. Yeah, I was supposed to actually do, um, do a trip down to Mozambique to Sam Sharat School. Um, so obviously that got put on hold, but that was going to be this week, actually, because we're on spring break officially right now at Coast. Um, so I guess let's jump into... How has the crisis directly impacted you, your life, the work you do? Uh, let's just jump into that right away. Yeah, so everything has kind of come to a hold. Okay? So we heard last week that schools were closed down. So that was uh, March 6th, I think. Or no, let me see. Like I'm getting all the dates mixed up. Hey? Yeah. Um, the 15th, you know, something along those lines. But anyway, so we uh, went to school for a meeting and starting... Uh, putting together very quickly sort of like uh, packages that we could send to children uh, in the neighborhood and kind of realizing that they don't have a lot of resources at home. So that sort of seemed to be our immediate um, priority. And in some ways, I think, you know, that has created in me a little bit of a sense of uncertainty because we don't always know what's going on in these families and um, the well-being of the children, but also that I didn't really have had the feeling that I could sort of think through what we were sending home. Um, yeah, like a lot of sort of stuff that may keep children busy, but I'm not sure about the educational value of some of the things right. that we sent home, to be really honest with you. And I, I think maybe that has created a bit of a tension within me. Because, um, you know, when we started calling families on Thursday for a quick checkup and check in with, with everyone, you know, what we heard was that that, that, that these uh, resources, you know, sort of think about worksheets and, 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 and all the materials that families actually enjoy having these in the house because, um, you know, that they know how to interact with these materials, you know, like somehow it has a resemblance to um, what they understand about learning. Right. Um, and the children occupied, I guess. And a lot of the families really don't, um, I don't feel comfortable going outside. So they've been inside since last week, Monday. So uh, it's in small homes with uh, big families. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of duress in our community at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Our, ours as well. And I think the what you described there, the, the meaningful and purposeful uh, distance learning, like home learning, and what that actually looks like. So we started at our school, we finished up uh, 10 days of distance learning, and we're going into uh, days 11 to 20. And it's been great to hear the conversations happening amongst the teachers. So I'm I'm working particularly, as you know, with single subject teachers and the innovation and creativity and, and the ideas that they're coming up with for really taking ownership over the learning experiences in days 11 to 20 and to offer deeper, more meaningful learning experiences to these kids at home. So I think it's just that's what's yeah. going to happen is just, you know, figuring it out as, as we go, right? 
Yeah, and that that takes time because we've never, you know, I've never done this before, right? And I think yesterday I went uh, on a long walk. Um, you know, that's I'm grateful for the fact that we can still do this as long as we're by ourselves and we keep distance. We're still allowed to go outside. Um, you know, I kind of realized that, yeah, I need time to work this through and to kind of find out, you know, what what how do you do this in a meaningful way? Uh, particularly, you know, because every context is so unique, right? Um, if you're thinking about our families that often don't value so much the power of play, right? Particularly, I'm thinking very young children. I guess part of me thinks, you know, as long as they're home and they're happy and they're with their family members and they've got uh, things to play with and they can cook with their families and they can read stories, um, sort the laundry, they're fine, right? Yeah. Um, these are often the things that uh, a lot of our families do not do with their children uh, because based on their cultural um, social cultural context they have very other uh, very different ideas about what's what's learning and what's important for young children um, so you know that, that, that there's an attention there you know what I mean yeah 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 definitely and and how are you kind of wrestling with that tension within yourself you know like wanting to do um, great work for those kids um, but trying to figure it out. So, uh, what are some coping mechanisms or, or ways that you're you're grappling or wrestling with that that internal conflict with yourself? Yeah, I guess like that's a really interesting question, uh, Andy. And I think it is also like um, a sense of acceptance, perhaps. You know, and this all sounds very dramatic, hey? Uh, you know, nobody uh, is gravely ill or anything. You know, like, and I'm also grateful for that. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking, kind of accepting that this is the way it is and, and, and trying to do the best you can, right? Like, so one of the things that we started doing, for example, is um, creating a, a short YouTube video every day while I read or my colleague, you know, we read a story for the children. This is one of the things that we send home. Um, you know, like, so it's little things like that that you hope will reach the families. Um, like, so accepting that it is what it is and that we're all finding our way through it i guess yeah 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 so so true and i guess that leads to like really you know the purpose of this times of uncertainty uh podcast series um is really to to speak with educational leaders around the world and to have an honest discussion about how they are coping with it you know and how they are coping with anxiety and fear and stress so um what are I guess just speak to those feelings and how to what extent they've been prevalent in your life, but also how you're learning to to cope with it the, these times of uncertainty. Yeah, well, like, like I said earlier, I think it's kind of coming to terms with the fact that it is what it is, and 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 that you, you do the best you can. And as we're learning about how to do this, we'll we'll, we'll get better at it, right? Um, so kind of like um, knowing that things are well, things are never perfect, I guess, but like um, like that sort of confidence perhaps or trust yeah. in your own abilities and those of your colleagues that you'll find your way through it um but having said that i have also realized that one of the things that i've actually done and i know this is all well intended hey but uh, intended but I, I noticed at some point that i thought it was kind of stressful to go online because there was so much that were putting where people were putting out there and it's all well intended but i kind of felt in, inundated if that makes sense yeah, you know, with yeah. the amount of resources that people were uh putting online um 
so taking the time, I think, to really deeply think uh, about ways that we can connect with the families, that we can connect with the children and uh, propose um, ideas um, that are actually meaningful for young children. So I think the tension in me really had to do with the fact that a lot of the, the things that we've been sending home so far really sit far outside of the way I look at young children's learning. Um, so like, I think that that's what I'm working through in my mind, really. How can I do this, right? And how can I reach the families? Because some of them don't speak um, Dutch. Um, so thinking about ways that I can translate some of the suggestions um, uh, in both Arabic and Turkish and English, right? Like, oh, yeah. So I think the, the most important thing for me is to check in with families. Like just a quick um, WhatsApp conversation, you know, using your camera kind of helps to connect with these children, connect with these families, and just to make sure that everybody's okay. Because in the end, you know, that is the most important thing at the moment. You know, are people healthy? Are they taking, I live in a country where, you know, things can be organized quite easily. Hey, because it's a relatively small country. And we're very, very privileged, I think, for the amount of care that's available and the amount of money that is available also to help people that are losing their jobs, um, companies that are struggling and so on. So I think for me, it's also about like a sense of optimism perhaps, right? And and yeah, being thankful for what, what is there. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the optimism is is huge. And and let's, let, you know, when, when I talk about optimism, uh, when Neil and I do a lot of work with mindfulness and well-being, and when we talk about optimism, this is not just positive thinking, you know. Optimism is is so much more than that, and it's there's a sense of realism when it comes to being optimistic. But in knowing that there's good stuff out there, and that there's good stuff within people, and that we will get through this, you know. But accepting that it is difficult times, it's not just being positive and optimistic. It, you know, accepting that these are difficult times is a very important part of this process. Yeah, I think it's very true what you say. Um, it, it's accepting what's there and recognizing the gravity and the, um, yeah, the challenges that are out there, I guess. Uh, and yet, like, I think for me, like often, you know, in our family, we talk about this idea of like, well, maybe this is a time when we can start reconsidering some of the things that we've done. Hey, And maybe also, you know, that um, communities are more aware of the importance of jobs that for a while, I think, have been undervalued, right? Like cleaners, nurses, teachers, but pe- people that are really pivotal in communities, Um um, you know, maybe this is a chance for for those people as well to be recognized again for the importance of you know the work that they do every day, right? Yeah, but uh, like there's opportunities uh, like uh, after this crisis uh, in the way we go forward. Hey, you think about the um, uh, climate change, um, consumerism, um, certain leaders and the way that they lead their communities. That maybe maybe this will bring change. You know, change that was really needed. So, you know, that's that's my optimism, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great way to look at it. And I guess in, in closing off, so th- this episode series is, is, is just uh, like short episodes. But in closing off, like, are you reading anything right now or watching anything? Like, what's inspiring you? 
Yeah, I think what's inspiring me, I, I love your questions, uh, Andy. Like um, last Monday, I had a bit of a tricky day because we went back to school one more time to put things together to bring to our uh, families. And I just felt overwhelmed. At the end of the day, I just didn't know where to go anymore. You know, in my head, in my body, it's like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so I listening to, uh, I really love classical music, uh, particularly Bach. Uh, so I was listening to this, uh, just randomly put on a Bach cantate. And, you know, like all of a sudden there was that jolt uh, of joy. So I'd say, you know, probably it's different for everyone here, but do the things you love to do, you know, because that brings you um, a sense of joy, a sense of belonging and a sense of continuity, perhaps, you know, like, so I think... Um, Lots of hiking and lots of uh, Bach cantatas, I think, is going to keep me sane for the coming weeks. Yeah, excellent. Um, so, Anne, where can people find you on social media? Um, gosh, you know, like I should just be able to kind of throw that out there hey, immediately. But um, my consultancy company is called The Learning Squares. You can find that on Facebook. Um, you can, like, if you look for me just with my name on Twitter, you'll find me. So... Uh, and there's the podcast, you know, like I blog with the amazing Fiona Zinn, uh, Constant Conversations, you know, where we try to unpack pedagogy and think deeply about young children's learning, a place for efficacy, perhaps, you know, like of how amazing young learners are. Yeah. So uh, that's where you can find me, I think. Okay, great. And, and you know, you and I uh, have talked about being on uh, my podcast in the past. This is a special episode. But my intention is to make that happen with you, to have you on the podcast, to talk much on a much deeper level about pedagogy. So that will happen one day soon. I would love that, Andy. Yeah. Hey, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Hey, and um, uh, such a lovely initiative. Uh, so uh, good luck with your other conversations. And uh, I'm looking forward to listening to, to them because it sounds like you're going to have a, a, quite a, a range of really powerful uh, people that you're going to talk to. Hey? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot, Anne, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, so um, everybody, thank you for listening to this uh, short episode with Anne Van Dam, and I hope you come back to listen to future episodes. Mm-hmm.